Soaring in Health and Wellness is brought to you by Freedom Gate Church. It is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Freedom Gate is located at 104 Tennis Center Drive, directly behind Pioneer Chevrolet in Marietta, Ohio. Sunday morning services begin at 1030 a.m. For more details, check out the web at freedomgatechurch.net. Soaring in Health and Wellness is also brought to you by Mountaineer Chiropractic, located at 2108 Camden Avenue, Suite D, Parkersburg, West Virginia. For more information, go to www.mountaineerchiro.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash Soaring in Health and Wellness or www.eagleswayministries.org. Hello, and thank you for listening to Soaring in Health and Wellness with Dr. Stephen Wells. Dr. Wells was born and raised in Vienna, West Virginia, before moving to Dallas, Texas. He earned his Bachelor of Science degree in Health and Exercise Science from Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dr. Wells earned his second Bachelor of Science degree in General Sciences, along with his Doctor of Chiropractic degree from Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. Dr. Wells worked in the health and wellness industry 11 years prior to attending chiropractic college. For the past 21 years, he has treated his patients with chiropractic care, as well as educating them on health and wellness. If you or a friend or family member have a desire to soar to higher levels in health and wellness and a passion to live with a sense of purpose and vitality, then you don't want to miss one episode. Dr. Wells and his guests, ranging from doctors of all areas of healthcare to educators, nurses, personal trainers, counselors, and pastors, will discuss and inform you on how to improve all dimensions of wellness from a biblical worldview perspective in physical, emotional, intellectual, interpersonal, social, cultural, spiritual, environmental, financial, and occupational wellness, with one goal in mind, seeing you soar towards optimal health and wellness. If you're ready, let's get started with today's program with your host, Dr. Steve Wells. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to f- uh, finish our discussion with Dr. Hannah on lifestyle choices. And Dr. Hannah is a family practitioner in Parkersburg, West Virginia. He's been practicing for 30 years. And what we've been discussing in part one is pretty much lifestyle choices, lifestyle behaviors, and pretty much of its effects. Uh, but as far as the beginning off with uh, real statement Dr. Huber basically said in his essentials um, of physical fitness is the good news is that we have control over whether we develop chronic diseases. And uh, it was our previous podcast with Dr. Huber. We talked about the wellness continuum and how the lifestyle choices we make only on a daily basis will either move us toward that optimal health, optimal function, wellness, well-being, or it moves us towards the irreversible disability, sickness, and or death. So we're going to discuss pretty much making healthy choices and the immediate results uh, that it, that provides. Uh, we're looking at the American College Health Association National College Health Assessment Reference Group, and they basically talked about the amount of sleep you get per night could affect your body weight, immunity to fight off colds, our moods, and our driving. And reported that, again, inadequate sleep is one of the most commonly reported impediments to academic status. Uh, if you look at smoking, uh, smoking, its immediate health effects on smoking, it causes fatigue, throat irritation, erectile dysfunction in young males, breathing problems, increase in vulnerability to colds and other infections, and then looking at drinking alcohol, immediate effects basically reduces your immediate health, reduces academic performance, 
increases risk of unintentional injuries and leading cause of death for people between the ages of 15 and 44. And Dr. Hanna, we both have daughters mm-hmm. that are both <laughs> attending Marshall University. And, um, you know, so we can kind of relate as far as the inadequate sleep that we had when we were going into school as far as what that would do to our dec- academic either failure or success. And there has been many nights that I would do an all-nighter type deal studying, preparing for those exams. I'm sure you can relate. Absolutely. Unfortunately, my daughter is less of a procrastinator than uh, <laughs> than I am and, and doesn't take as many all-nighters as I uh, was guilty of in college. But as you mentioned, I do think it's one of the most under um, underutilized things that we are aware of as far as how much sleep really affects people. And as teenagers become teenagers, they need more sleep. And uh, they, if they don't get their eight hours, I have a thing called the uh, March Mono Syndrome. And usually it happens in college and high school when kids get to the middle of spring, they've had a long winter, uh, they've been sleep deprived, and all of a sudden you see them coming in with exhaustion and fatigue. And usually it's because your immune system has gotten down and they've picked up whatever virus is in the area. Well, and that happens, so you, it's March Mono? Yeah, March Madness, March Mono <laughs> Month. And so one of the hardest things I have to do sometimes <laughs> is tell these athletes, which you and I have a big interest in, is that you have mono and you're going to miss basketball or you're going to miss wrestling, and it's one of the hardest things you have to do. But even for adults, sleep is so important for detoxifying our brain. And if we don't get at least six hours, and for us older guys, probably even more than that, um, sleep is a time when our brain sort of flushes itself, is, if you will, neurochemically. And people, the, the direct association between insomnia and poor sleep and depression is, is, is one of the highest connections we see. Wow. I'd say, so if we look at the, the health choices, but if we look at the immediate benefits of healthy choices, we can look at basically is when we're well-nourished, fit, rested, uh, again, free from any type of influence of nicotine, alcohol, other drugs, uh, you're more likely to avoid illness, which is great. Uh, succeed in school, maintain supportive relationships, participate in meaningful work and community activities and enjoy your leisure time. So you can see, you know, the immediate effects of bad choices and the immediate effects of good choices. So, you know, it's your choice. Which which way do you have bad effects the good effects? And it's nice that even small changes, and as, as we'll talk in a little bit, uh, you know, this is a process. It's not something that happens overnight and so um, little baby steps end up being very significant over the course of weeks and months and so if someone cuts back half on their smoking they see the benefit benefits where their their um, their breathing will improve their conditioning will improve their endurance will improve and um, same thing with alcohol you know we have a <coughs> talking about college kids and and really another epidemic on college campuses is alcohol consumption mm-hmm. and something that uh, worries us a lot and so Uh, The American Heart Association has said that, you know, one glass of wine a day may be helpful to uh, our heart condition because of the Reservatrol compound that is in it. But one of the reasons they have not publicized or mentioned that or advertised a lot is because Americans are people who tend to um, uh, support our vices by whatever information we have. So a lot of people would say, if one glass of wine a day is good, a bottle a day would probably keep me from ever having a heart attack. But those are kind of things, I think this information is, is good, good things to give to our kids and, and our, ourselves. But as we mentioned before, it's even small steps of obesity, a 5% weight loss um, can affect the knees and the back. And as you know, the force is transmitted through obesity. If you uh, lose 5 pounds of weight, that's 20 pounds 
of force off of each knee, which is significant for people who have arthritis. Wow, I tell you. Uh, I was reading the um, uh, Rebecca Donatelli's book and so forth, and uh, just what she kind of pointed out was really interesting. Uh, she basically s- describes the choices we make today are like seeds, uh, planting good seeds, uh, behaviors, and nurturing them along the way. Helpful choices means you're more likely to enjoy the fruits of good health, including not only a longer life, but a higher quality of life. And that's the key. You know, it's, it, we like to increase our, our life expectancy, but the quality of life, living a higher quality of life, uh, during those years is important. And then she says, on the other hand, poor choices increases the likelihood of a shorter life, persistent illness, addiction, and other limitations on quality of life. And she basically says, in other words, successful aging begins now and take a lifetime of positive choices. And that's pretty much what we're talking about in this podcast with, and then with Dr. Han, as far as part one and also uh, part two is the lifestyle choices we make either can lead us towards optimal health function or it can lead us to you know a lifestyle or uh, a disease sickness possibly death type deal and uh and dr Hewer basically he had mentioned that uh a major factor contributing to future reductions of life expectancy again is related to obesity in our sedentary lifestyle and we're not going to beat the dead horse because we talked about that pretty much in our podcast um, part one as well as with dr huber um but as far as um you know in his book he had talked about the American Institute for Cancer Research reports that 35% of cancer deaths are caused by diet and 33% by smoking. And in, this, in his book, he basically talks about two different types of groups of people or population. He's, and he talks about the Mormons and the Seventh-day Adventists. And he says that basically they've been targeted of numerous studies because of their healthful lifestyle. And that lifestyle that the Mormons or Seventh-day Adventists use is basically emphasized good diet, exercise, avoidance of alcohol and caffeine, and they also encourage a positive family relationship. And they've been seen, Mormons have basically been seen as far as a cancer rate of only 60% of the national average. Mormons, a cancer rate of only 60% of the national average, and Seventh-day Adventists have a cancer rate only of 50% of the national average. And they also say that Seventh-day Adventists have one-third of the bronchitis and emphysema, both related to smoking, half of the expected heart disease, and half of the diabetes of the national average. Those are Seventh-day Adventists. And basically, of course, with that type of statistics, it also increases their life expectancies greater. And with the studies comparing the death rates in Nevada to Utah, they revealed that the death rate in Nevada was 35% higher for all the ages than that of Utah, and the primary difference between the two states was that the heavy Mormon population in Utah. So really, again, it goes back, and this is in the United States as far as people who live here, but also, again, if just comparing the Mormon lifestyle with the Seventh-day Adventist lifestyle and the decrease as far as the, um, the, the chronic degenerative diseases that we've been talking about. Sure, and we see that all over the world. I mean, and certainly those are really good uh, examples that are good scientific data on lifestyle changes and the way we live and how it decreases our uh, chronic degenerative diseases. We see that when I was in Nicaragua in March on a mission trip. Um, one of the things we don't have in our world is access to clean water. And so the little kids there, I have a great picture of a two-year-old boy sitting against a wall uh, drinking Fanta grape soda from a bottle. And so uh, 
that kind of increased obesity and the high fructose corn syrup, of course there it's pure cane sugar, so mm -hmm. uh, it, it's even worse. But uh, when you don't have access to clean water and you don't want to drink water because it has parasites in it, uh, that's a lifestyle choice that some of these kids don't have a choice on. But the rest of us do, and I think mm -hmm. the clean water and the giving up to smoking and, and exercising is a way to prove that we can live a little bit happier lifestyle. So as in, on a couple of um you know, you have taken a couple of medical mission trips and so mm -hmm. forth. Uh, you know, when I took my medical mission trips like that, as far as when I was providing chiropractic care to the uh, Benin in South Africa, that was an awakening and so forth. Uh, but some of your experience like that, did you notice a, a big change as far as <laughs> with American lifestyle versus... Uh, possibly where you had basically done your your mission trip as well, far as well, absolutely, and I think that Nicaragua is a good example because the city of uh, Managua has, uh, you know, it's a large city like that would be comparable to ours. Now, when you go into McDonald's down there, which they have, fortunately or unfortunately, mm -hmm. they don't uh, El Grande their sizes. You cannot buy a large soda drink, so their drinks in McDonald's were very very small, and their French fries were very wow. small. So, but. But unfortunately, because it's a large urban population, they fall trapped to the same type of problems we have. Now, as you get up into the mountains and the rural communities in Nicaragua, it's more akin to the 1900s when there was a farming community. So you don't see as much obesity there because people are working um, and they cannot afford a lot of food and they, they have lifestyles that are somewhat better. I tell you what, you know, uh, in, in that book also, he talks about the... Uh, uh, Vilca Bambans of <laughs> Southern Ecuador. Can you pronounce that? Vilca Bambans. Yeah, that's the, a great it, word. It, it, <laughs> that's <laughs> almost as good as the Huscuts yeah, from it, the Himalayas. Yeah, am I getting close to that? Probably that, not. It's close enough <laughs> for me. But I tell you, when I was looking at that, uh, the Vilca Bambans of South Africa, they, they call it the Valley of Longevity. Like that. And, uh, and it says all these cultures, basically, when you talked about the Huscuts and then also the Caucasian uh, group in Russia between Black and uh, Caspian Seas, is again, it, it goes back to the lifestyle. And it includes a diet low in fat, cholesterol, low processed sugar, low salt, low calories. And again, in addition to, the, um, to their physical active lives, uh, consists of hard physical work. They live in a quiet, peaceful, and relaxing environment, which is nothing like the environment <coughs> we live in. <laughs> <laughs> and also put with few worries and low stress. Right. And, um, and they, they've been shown to live past life expectancies over 100 years. Right. So like that. So. Yeah, and we'd all like to find that community where we can have quiet, peaceful, uh, low stress lives. <laughs> and uh, one of the things I do with my patients, and I know you do too, is I have them look at four areas of their life. And uh, one is the physical to see if they have any physical disability going on in that includes you know their complaints but the other thing i think is important and and you mentioned this in your discussion of uh, dr scott morris's book is the the emotional and the spiritual and the psychological and so i think a self-assessment of where we are as far as the stress in our life do we have stress at home do we have stress at work because if a person has stress in both places there's nowhere for them to get a, a, away from the stress and that's why poor lifestyle choices often accompany the inability to get away from those stresses. Yeah, that's true. And I tell you what, you know, normally that we discuss the immediate effects, you know, and as well as long-term effects, but also that, you know, I, I'll never forget this sermon that uh, my pastor, I'm going to give kudos to my pastor Rodney, he had spoke on choices, and that, he must have spoke on that message probably 20 years ago, but that is probably the only message that's really stuck in my head. <laughs> Don't tell him that. But anyways, basically is the choices, and the choices that we make, 
like that uh, basically he taught not only do they affect you but they affect everybody around you and if you so if you look at the choices as far as lifestyle choices that I make like that knowing that not only do they affect me but they affect my wife they affect my children but they also affect the community that we live in and um, and so if you look at that um, and Rebecca Dantelli basically explains that our personal health choices don't only affect our own lives, but they affect the lives of others because they contribute to a global health of the burden of disease. And I just wanted to point out a couple things as far as how that affects. If you look at the, um, the obesity burdens the U.S. health care system and the U.S. economy overall, it says direct medical costs, including the cost of diagnosis of treatment, has reached as high as $147 billion in 2008. And we're in 2018. And back then, roughly half of that cost was paid for by Medicare and Medicaid. And if you look at basically as far as some other things, as far as the, um, the estimated annual health care costs of obesity-related illness are a staggering $190.2 billion, or nearly 21% of annual medical spending in the United States. Childhood obesity alone is responsible for $14 billion in direct medical costs. And if BCA rates were to maintain at 2010 levels, and this is an article that's put out by, again, back to our source, healthycommunitieshealthfuture.org. And it says if obesity rates were to remain at a 2010 level, the projected savings for medical expenditures would be $549.5 billion over the next two decades. Wow. If yeah. we just stayed at 2010 levels, we'd save that much money in our health care costs. All right, that's amazing. And, of course, here in West Virginia, we have a double whammy because not only are we number one in the country as far as obesity, but we're also number one, if not number one, uh, as far as elderly percent of population. And so the, uh, the Medicare, as you mentioned, the Medicare expenditures have gone up expen- exponentially as far as health care, and we're going to see more and more of that as we have an uh, aging population and the baby boomers get to the point where they've reached, as you said, the chronic degenerative stages of illnesses like congestive heart failure and arthritis and COPD and cancer. Uh, I, I wonder who's going to take care of all these people and who's going to take care of us. Well, that's a good point, I tell you. Um, you know, the thing is, as far as not, if you if you look at the effects of our choices, um, you know, as far as what obesity or, you know, health start life childhood costs is, if you look at the what it costs as far as a whole, but it also, I mean, if you look at the, uh, what it does to the family, you know, as far as taking care of the loved one that's, you know, that make the right style choices or, you know, the impact. Uh, and also, you know, um, when, when, when people or children lose their, their mom or their dad, so forth. Sure. Uh, the effects are just, um, they're just detrimental and stuff like that. Um, but I tell you what, I'm, we're going to discuss, um, there's a great book it's like that that I have actually put in my, added to my library and um, it's basically, it's called Healthcare You Can Live With, and it's by Dr. Scott Morse. And it's basically discover wholeness in body and spirit. And um, he basically talks about as far as, uh, you know, again, looking pretty much as far as the healthcare, you know, you, you decide your own healthcare is one of the chapters that he looks at. And he talks about in that chapter, he opens up the chapter by explaining how a company, and we've all seen this on Super Bowl uh, we've seen this in NBA Finals, where he, they pick a fan out of the audience, so like that, to either kick a field goal during the halftime at the Super Bowl, or to make a um, 
half-court shot, and so forth. And it's pretty much safe to bet, and you're wondering, boy, it's, you know, they're going to give this person a million dollars if they kick it through the uprights, and so forth. But it, again, if you think about it, it's a safe bet. Think that the selected fan has not practiced enough, nor developed enough skills to succeed. But there's always that random chance that the kicker will want, you know, will win that one million dollars. That random chance, and he kind of further explains that God's plan for us is about enjoying life day in and day out, and not just at the extremes where we hope something miraculous will happen. And again, life can be full of wonder in every day if we choose it, and it's our choice. We're going to go ahead and take a break to thank our sponsors. Soaring in Health and Wellness is brought to you by Freedom Gate Church. It is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Freedom Gate is located at 104 Tennis Center Drive, directly behind Pioneer Chevrolet in Marietta, Ohio. Sunday morning services begin at 1030 a.m. For more details on the web at freedomgatechurch.net. Soaring in Health and Wellness is also brought to you by Mountaineer Chiropractic, located at 2108 Camden Avenue, Suite D, Parkersburg, West Virginia. For more information, go to www.mountaineercairo.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash Soaring Health and Wellness or www.eagleswayministries.org. Welcome back with our uh, part two with Dr. Steve Hanna, uh, medical practitioner for Parkersburg, West Virginia. And uh, before we left um, for our break, we were discussing the uh, book by Dr. Scott Morris on the book that he written was Healthcare You Can Live With. And again, you can go, probably go to Amazon and get that book. It's an excellent resource uh, for your library. A lot of great information in there. And we were talking about pretty much before we, we left, we are talking about the, um, the company who selects a fan out of the audience to kick a field goal with a chance to win a million dollars. And we had discussed as far as that pretty much is a safe bet because that fan has not practiced or has the skills to actually kick that field goal. And so, but there's always that random chance that the kicker will win that $1 million. And the thing is, Dr. Morris notes for far too many people expect something that is unlikely to happen simply by a random chance. And it says more often than we think, we can make choices that we bring wow factor to our lives in a more realistic way. Uh, Part of being healthy and living a whole life in spirit, mind, and body is avoiding those moments when we feel like we are craving for a final exam. And, of course, we had talked about that earlier as far as lack of sleep. But everything depends on that outcome of that one test. And always doing the minimum to catch up to where you should have been last week is no way to live. (coughs) It's not healthy and, again, it's not well. And, Dr. Hannah, you had mentioned something as far as Lauren. She's not a procrastinator. Right. But she, you know, she studies, so she never has to cram. And there has been many times, and I tell you what, you, you know, if you're going into the medical profession or the chiropractic or you're going to graduate studies, you really have to manage your time like that as far as getting the proper amount of rest, proper sleeping. And um, I don't know about you, but when I was taking final exams, they, the teachers really didn't get together and say, hey, listen, you know, we just want to make sure you take one exam a day, you know, and we'll give right. you two days of study, then you take another exam. Was that pretty much how it was for you? Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. It seemed they always had four on the same day. But um, I think, as, as you imply, one of the things about healthy lifestyle choices is the disciplines that are required to keep them going. And so our children who were fortunate enough to play 
sports uh, had coaches who would require them to shoot 100 free throws, to shoot 100 three-point shots, to, to work really hard. And I know you're going to have Stacey Hauser here, and uh, my uh, daughter, and I'm sure yours, um, would always groan when Stacy showed up because they knew they were going to get a really hard, disciplined workout. And, and to your point, uh, the disciplines of exercise and physical activity and lifestyle choices uh, are not random. Sometimes what happens when we have a medical illness or a critical illness, we sort of promise God or we promise ourselves, just get me through this illness and I'll change my lifestyle. And that, that works for a week and then the crisis passes and we go back into uh, where we were. I liken it a lot to the disciplines of prayer. We know that when we're disciplined in prayer, we get benefit from it. And yet sometimes those disciplines seem to fade away. We went, why did I give up the daily prayer that I had Mm -hmm. that made me feel so better? And it's the same thing with the disciplines of physical activity. That's why I think to have a mentor or an associate or someone to uh, come alongside with you and, and help you keep up that discipline and the repetition is invaluable. I'd say, and, and, you know, and the thing is, is um, he makes a good point as far as, um, great point as far as the prayer, but it says, you know, if if you're not practicing your healthy lifestyle as far as making those proper choices, it's almost like living a healthy life, you know, is a lot like that. You know, without practice, you know, if you play the game well, you know, under stress. And he says, Dr. Morris basically knows if you have not examined what's important to you in times of calm, you won't know how to respond in times of stress. Without practice at living life well, we might just as well flip a coin in these situations. And that is so true. It's like that. That's right. And, and we talked a little bit earlier about the psychology of eating. And he's <clears throat> talking about when we are stressed, if we're not calm and we're not grounded, then uh, we tend to go away. I know the... Um, um, the, the Christian faith, which you and I share, uh, talks a lot about knowing yourself and knowing God and being grounded in those relationships. And sometimes um, we get into a pattern where we eat uh, out of control because our relationships are not grounded in God or ourselves or others. And so, as Dr. Morris mentioned in his book, to look at the spiritual and psychological and emotional side of ourselves and where we are at that moment has a lot to do with how well we're going to be able to practice the disciplines of uh, lifestyle changes that impact our health. Yeah, um, I tell you, and again, as far as if, again, a second point that Dr. Morse actually emphasizes is to know yourself. And you mentioned that a little bit as far as um, with your discussion there. And it says, basically, we need, to know, we need to know what causes the behaviors that lead to the physical distress. And, um, you know, again, we talked about the patients that you see in your office, the patients that I see in my office and so forth. But again, it says, again, it's just pretty much you have to know what's, you know, you have to ask yourself, what's the question within the question? What's causing me to be stressful? So forth. Uh, And I I feel like a lot of times that the patient doesn't often make that connection and so forth. And so they, they eat for all the wrong reasons, or they do their lifestyle for all the wrong, they handle stress, and which would be another podcast in itself, uh, all the different wrong ways. (coughs) And it's really difficult to change the behaviors if the core reason behind that behavior doesn't change. And therefore, you need to know, you know, what the true uh, reason why you're making those bad choices the way you are, so forth. Um, You know, again, with Dr. Scott Morris, he basically, he's the founder of the Church Health Center in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, which is the largest faith-based clinic of its kind in the United States. He, um, and in his healthcare ministry, he basically stresses the virtues of Colossians 3. 
And if you're not familiar with Colossians 3, I'm going to go ahead and read pretty much Colossians 3, 12 through 17. And uh, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear with each other and forgive, and whatever forgiveness you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And he further explains that absorbing these virtues, which we discussed and read to you just previous, demonstrating them toward others and ourselves is the beginning of changing the core issues that drive unhealthy behaviors. What would you say? Of right. I, and I agree in, 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 uh, t- entirely with that. <clears throat> I like one of the quotes that said, when I was younger, uh, I used to admire intelligence and people with a superior IQ because I thought that was uh, where the most uh, powerful people dwelled. But now, the older I get, I realize that it's kindness that I value most. And so we get so caught up. And I, I love what the Apostle Paul says about compassion, kindness, humility, and, and forgiveness. And I, I think, as you mentioned, a lot of us, uh, for whatever reasons, are unable to forgive ourselves or others. And that can eat away at uh, our ability not to connect to a good lifestyle. And so uh, we, all, we all are searching for happiness. And Robert Spitzer, Spitzer who's the um, president of Gonzaga University and a, a brilliant uh, priest who teaches quantum physics and also is a great theologian says that the first level of happiness is just pleasurable and so that is like eating and we get a lot of pleasure out of eating but then we go up to the second and third level of happiness which we can touch on at another time but the fourth level of happiness is knowing God and mm-hmm. so when we know God and are grounded that allows us to work from a, a, a broader base right I tell you and that's and that's so true because he said, it, you know, again, going back to the virtues and so forth, he says, again, if we don't really understand the virtues and how it can actually affect our unhealthy behaviors, it, it attacks the system. It's, uh, it causes diseases such as, um, you know, obesity to diabetes, for alcoholism, you know, the substance abuse, high blood pressure we talked about. And, uh, again, all these conditions tax the healthcare system. But he also explains that technology is not the answer. And most of the time, these conditions, these chronic degenerative conditions that we've been discussing, can be prevented or well-managed and do not have to become a crisis. And it comes down to personal choice, to change, and change starts in identity of what's wrong in the first place. And, um, but if you look at, uh, again, a third point that he mentions also that he emphasizes, that change happens over time, and it's not overnight. Uh, again, as uh, Dr. Hubert mentioned in his closing remarks on his, uh, the previous podcast, is that uh, it takes time. It's, uh, it's you know, you, one choice at a time, one day at a time. Uh, you just, you're just not going to wake up and be healthy. You have to actually make those choices on a daily basis. And that's where Dr. Morris basically says there's a common pitfall that most people believe that overnight that they're going to just stop doing the things that they bog them down. Um, and then and movement towards optimal health is a process of a change, a series of choices. And again, it, like I said, it happens over time, not overnight. Right. And I think a lot of times we expect to be able to accomplish a lifestyle change on the first time. And, and we have to be forgiven of ourselves to fail because 
Uh, if you're quitting smoking, it doesn't matter how many times you quit. And most people who do quit uh, are three or four or five times, but it's the last time you quit when you're successful. And it's the same thing with starting a physical activity that um, even though it may go well for a week and then you fade out, um, our encouragement is to get back into some kind of physical activity and uh, realize it is a process and it takes, takes a while to get back to where you want to be. Right. And I tell you, in the fourth point, and the final point that he makes is it uh, basically he emphasizes we're in charge. And he explains that the individual choice to practice healthy behaviors comes down to caring for the body that God gave us. And we can look at that as far as 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And, and you know, he explains understanding ourselves and making choices apart from a crisis can prevent disease later. And prevention, and we discussed this later as far as my wife and me, I mm-hmm. like to prevent, she likes to react, and it's a lot less stressful to prevent than it is when you react. So prevention looks at the big picture over a period of time and not at, at immediate gratification. But as far as, uh, what's your input as far as we being in charge as far as our choices? Yeah, I, th- I think we all like to be in charge. And this uh, lifestyle choices are something uh, that can do it. Now, one of the things, because particularly as parents, we are so invested in what our children are doing on a day-to-day basis. You talk about your wife. My wife is invested as I am in our children. And sometimes as parents to our own physical detriment, uh, we save taking care of ourselves for the last. And so uh, as Dr. Morris mentions, we need to look and what our needs are. And, and, and sometimes it may be to back off from what we're doing and uh, let us be the patient and uh, not be overwhelmed with the stresses in life that are keeping us from looking at what we need ourselves personally. Right. Um, if you, I tell you what, if, if you like those four points, again, and like the uh, commentation as well with, with Dr. Morris in his book, uh, again, the name of his book is Healthcare You Can Live With by Dr. Scott Morris. Uh, again, I strongly recommend that you get the book for your own learning or library. And again, there's a lot of information on there. You can go to Amazon and, and get that book. It's not an expensive book. I think it's under maybe $15 for the book. But again, it's, it's part of my library. It's, part of, it's a book that I'll be using a lot uh, with my podcast. But now we're getting to the point as far as what can we do to help us live life more healthy, have a longer life health expectancy, and also live life longer, but also to be healthy. And um, we had talked about there's some other things as far as um, things that we can do. And again, this, this information comes from uh, Trends in Obesity Among Adults in the United States, uh, from K.M. Flegel, and also Life Expectancy in the Obesity Epidemic uh, from Connect Course Concepts in Health by Ensel Roth and Ensel. It says, what actions might be taken um, and some of those actions that uh, can be taken at a federal level, state level, and also at a community level. But if you can discuss a couple of those levels, that'd be great, Dr. Hanna. Yeah, and I think um, a part of it, I think one of the best things we did for our schools was to take the beverage machines out of school. I was at scout camp, and I noticed that one of the uh, vending machines had nothing with Mountain Dew in it, which is... Uh, Gives, drives a lot of business to both dentists and family <laughs> doctors. and uh, uh, So avoidance of sugary drinks and, and calories, and, and schools have done that. Uh, there is a, uh, a point that here, limit advertising of un- unhealthy foods 
targeting children, there's a very good study that shows that children who um, watch TV, of course, I have, uh, have a um, connection to direct correlation with how obese they are. Video games, which is another tough thing that keeps our kids from going out and exercising, mm -hmm. may not induce as much obesity, and they think a lot of it may be because video games don't advertise food on their video mm -hmm. games as, as for children. But I think the big thing is that um, the simple steps are get, get rid of the uh, liquid calories, get rid of the pop, get rid of the high-carb, high-fructose carbohydrates that we use for snacks. I tell you, you know, again, you know, a lot of our listeners like that, um, from all across the country, it's like that, uh, probably our city council members, mayors, mm -hmm. um, and some of the strategies that may be able to help promote physical activity by creating more walkable communities, such as parks, recreational facilities. And, you know, just based on, um, on the article, as far as uh, the health communities and um, healthy future, Basically, healthy environments are essential to reversing the childhood obesity epidemic. When children have safe places to walk, bike, and play in their communities, like parks, playgrounds, and after-school programs, they are more likely to be active and less likely to be obese. When communities have, been, have access to healthy, affordable foods, families eat better. Even the best efforts to encourage families to exercise more and eat better won't work if their communities don't support healthy lifestyles. And I wanted to mention a point. Um, we've been very fortunate in Parkersburg to have a, uh, basically it was brought into by uh, Joe Chrislip, Terry Chrislip, and they had built, and it was a community effort to build the Elite Sports Center in Parkersburg, West Virginia. And I remember when they came to me and so forth, and what they were looking for as far as for people to invest in an activity center. And um, I know your daughter has practiced mm -hmm. in that facility. My daughter's practiced in that facility. That's the facility that I use as far as to exercise. But the community, all the different types of community, I mean, as far as businesses, owners, came together. And I don't know how, how many total was it, but they basically came together and built that facility. And it's, it, and it's made a, a tremendous impact on the community. And uh, who we're going to have earlier or later, which you mentioned earlier, is Stacy Hauser. And she has Temple Challenge. And um, I see the people that she actually works with, and, uh, and people are getting results. And her business is booming, but it's basically it's because as far as the passion that she has in working with uh, those individuals as far as Temple Challenge. But uh, it's just great to see the community come together. But as far as some things that we may be able to do individually... Uh, you know, again, it's, it's from uh, Dr. Fred Schuber from Essentials of Physical Activity. And um, Dr. Nedro Bello and her associates have conducted an ongoing study in California of the relationship between lifestyle characteristics and life expectancy. And there are seven lifestyle characteristics that affect life expectancy. Number one is exercise moderately. Number two is refrain from smoking. Three is eat breakfast every day. Four, sleep seven to eight hours per night. Five, maintain a normal healthy body weight. Six, eat three meals per day and avoid snacks. And seven, drink alcohol in moderation or even abstain completely. And the results that demonstrated that if at age 45, you follow three or fewer of the seven lifestyle habits that I mentioned earlier, your life expectancy is an additional 22 years or age 67. If you follow six or seven of those lifestyle habits, your life expectancy increases by 33 years and to an age of 78. 
and it's basically also, you know, again, uh, Hans Kugler as far as slowing down the aging process. Smoking two or more packs of cigarettes per day subtracts eight to nine years from your life. I remember going down, uh, driving down the street when I was really young. You know, I think I was even attending Oral Roberts University, and my brother Michael smokes. And I pretty much had either gotten this wrong. And I said, Mike, I said, for every pack of cigarettes that you smoke, you take off seven minutes of your life. And he, he took the cigarettes and just threw us. said, maybe it wasn't seven minutes. It was seven. I don't, I'm not sure what it was, but I kind of got the numbers confused. So he drove right. around and picked up his pack of cigarettes <laughs> that he threw out the window. But anyway, um, I want to go ahead and, and, and kind of close as far as with Dr. Huber. Then I'm going to go ahead and let you close as far as what okay. you, we can do as a people and also as a nation as far as to kind of give us that golden nugget. Um, Dr. Fred Schieber explains that lifestyle was one factor that each individual can positively control. Life expectancy and quality of life can be improved through proper nutrition, maintaining normal body weight, exercising, adequate rest, and refraining from smoking and drinking alcohol in moderation or abstaining. But anyway, again, um, again, that book of Dr. Huber is excellent. Like I said, he was a previous uh, guest on our previous podcast. But uh, Dr. Hannah, if you can just go ahead and kind of give us some closing remarks you know, on what uh, you think that we can do as a nation uh, and also as a people to help live healthier. Yeah, I think those seven points of lifestyle, I mean, they're, none of them are hard. They just take a little bit of uh, time and dedication. And I, I like the idea of saying, <clears throat> um, you know, when we look at, at my diabetics, uh, and I had two patients in the last two months who were diagnosed with diabetic, and they almost had a conversion experience in their lifestyle where they said, I'm not going to let this diabetes affect me. And they came back two months later, they'd lost weight, their blood sugars were down. And I think that's almost sort of what we need uh, as far as those of us who need to get into a lifestyle. We almost need to, uh, in, in the words of the gospel, have a redemptive experience where we turn 180 degrees around mm-hmm. from where we're going and make a conscious, radical lifestyle, if you would. Now, I like Dr. Oz when he says, just give me 15 minutes a day to start. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We don't have to go work an hour. Um, but there's so many good things we could do. And they're simple, and I think um, uh, the books you recommended are very good. But uh, if we're going to keep our young people particularly uh, healthy into the next generation and allow them to have uh, a long, well-lived life, uh, we need to instill those characteristics at this point. So right. thank you very much for having me, Dr. Wells. I appreciate it being here. I tell you what, Dr. Hannah, the honor is mine. Thank you so much for being here. Um, like I said, Dr. Hanna uh, practices in Parkersburg, West Virginia. He's probably one of the finest doctors that we have in our area. And a lot of respect uh, goes towards him as well as uh, people that I've seen on Facebook. And uh, I mentioned that Dr. Hanna was going to be a guest, and they're like, oh, I can't wait to hear that and so forth. I was like, wow, we just probably have him every, every week. But I tell you what, um, I appreciate what you do for our community. Uh, I tell you, not only your medical um, talent that you have, but also your belief in your faith in Christ and adding that two together. It's almost uh, pretty much what Oral Roberts had kind of taught as far as the city of faith, as far as, um, you know, the power of God and like that, and also using doctors to help bring health to, uh, to our patients. So again, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Hanna for, um, for his time. And I just want to thank our listeners and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Soaring in Health and Wellness with Dr. Steve Wells and his guest. We would like to thank our sponsors, Freedom Gate Church, where it is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Freedom Gate is located at 104 Tennis Center Drive, directly behind Pioneer Chevrolet in Marietta, Ohio. Sunday morning services begin at 1030 a.m. 
Find more details on the web at freedomgatechurch.net. We would also like to thank Mountaineer Chiropractic, located at 2108 Camden Avenue, Suite D, Parkersburg, West Virginia. For more information, go to www.mountaineerchiro.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash Soaring Health and Wellness or www.eagleswayministries.org. If you or your business or church would like Dr. Steve Wells to speak at your church, special event, or conference, please go to www.eagleswayministries.org or send an email to eagleswayministries at gmail.com or call 304-485-6589. Until next time, think of Isaiah 40.29-31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint.